Hello, welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaloloma podcast channel. Today, Apostle begins a new midweek series called How to Study the Word. In this sermon, he teaches us the importance of studying the Word of God. So grab your Bibles, your pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the city of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad to be with you this wonderful evening. And I would like you to ensure that every person who you love is watching. If you love them, you will share this video. Praise the Lord. If you love them, you will share this. They need to know the stuff that's going to be taught tonight. So I'm starting a new midweek series this evening. And it's a very simple series. Um, if you've been following our children's church, if you've noticed, if you've not been following it, I want you to ensure that one, if you never attended Sunday school, please start following the children's church online. It's an opportunity to catch up. Praise God. Secondly, if you've got younger ones, let them follow through. There's been some wonderful stuff being taught, and this month they've been focusing on the Word of God and on the Bible. There's even a there's a very catchy song actually. Sometimes when I'm walking about, I'll start singing, do the Bible dance, do the, do the Bible dance. And probably one of, these, uh, <laughs> one of these weeks, we might sing it together in this uh, series. Because we're going to be dealing with the series, How to Study the Bible. How to Study the Bible. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter number 20 and verse 32, which is our theme scripture for the year. The scriptures say, now, therefore, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among the saints. Praise the Lord. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. And this word is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among the saints. Now, one thing I must mention is this. We cannot expect to experience the fullness of this inheritance if we don't know the scriptures. Later on, I'm sure some will ask, when we talk about the scriptures and we talk about the word, we usually use them interchangeably. Could there be um, a difference? Well, in one of the sessions, I'll get to explain. It's possible for someone to, not this, to know the scriptures and not know the word. It is possible, yes. The Pharisees knew the scriptures, but they didn't know the word was standing right in front of them. We've got so many educated people who even studied the scriptures, and yet are the biggest people who speak against God. But on the other hand, you cannot know the word of God without the scriptures. You can't know God's word outside of the scriptures. You can't know his word outside the scriptures. It's not possible. Praise the Lord. So what happens? When we study the scriptures, the Lord gives us revelation. And when that revelation comes, the words cease to be mere letters. They come to life. And the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. Praise God. And so we are going to look at how to study the Bible. And I'll start by sharing a few thoughts. Firstly, I want you to understand that anything you do not value, you will not use effectively. 
Anything you do not value, you will not use effectively. I remember when I was younger, I found one of my aunts complaining and she was shouting at her, her daughter. And the daughter was about two or three years old. And what happened is that that daughter had uh, torn uh, a ten quarter. And that ten quarter was valuable to the aunt, but was not valuable to the little girl. Have you ever seen a case where you give a little child a toy? Five seconds later, the child has broken it. Five seconds later, as in somebody cries for something, and then it's like they're thinking, well, let's see if it can be smashed. And they throw it to the ground and smash it. What's the difference? It's value. It's value. You notice that when something is valued, there's a way that it is treated. That's why there's a way, um, I'm not saying always, but that's why sometimes there's a way somebody will treat a book that they've been given for free and a book that they've paid their own money to buy. And that's why you should not be addicted to free things. Sometimes you have to put value on something. It, it, it helps. I, I hope you're getting my point. You can't have your entire book collection being donations. There'll be trouble. You can't be waiting always for Bibles to be donated by missionaries when you can afford one. Go get one. Praise God. What I'm trying to say is that if you do not value something, you may not use it effectively. Anything you don't value, you won't use effectively. If a person doesn't value their body, they will not use it effectively. They'll put a price on it with Jesus, which, which is far less than what Jesus paid for it. Anything you don't value, you will not use effectively. So there's a value that we must have for the scriptures, for the Bible, for the word of God. And another thing I would like to mention is that one of the reasons why many people struggle to hear God is because they do not read the Bible. I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is a teacher. You can't expect the teacher to teach when you don't attend class. So we spend so many years and so much attention and so much resources for us to study development studies, for us to study law, for us to study engineering. We put so much effort into that. So we spend so much to attend universities of the various disciplines that we are studying. But how much effort have we put to be in the school of the Holy Spirit, to be in his school? Now remember, he's a teacher. You can't, a teacher will teach in a particular environment. I'm studying on teaching, and I'll tell you something. In teaching, um, environment really matters. It really matters. There are certain things that can only be learned in a certain environment. So the environment in which the Holy Spirit teaches is in the environment of the scriptures. That's one of the greatest environments in which he teaches, the environment of the scriptures. So you can't expect the teacher to teach if you do not attend class. Another thing that really pushed me to sharing this topic is as follows. I have uh, great men of God that I follow, great, great servants of God that I follow, okay? Uh, in particular, I listen to a lot of sermons by my pastor, Pastor Jolie, I listened to, I, I listen to a lot of his sermons. However, I came to learn something. I learned that what a servant of God teaches in a one-hour sermon, <laughs> it's very difficult to teach everything you know in one hour. And here is the other part that makes it even more interesting. You find the servants of God are learning every day. 
So for 24 hours, the Spirit of God has been teaching someone something for seven days. You have not heard them for seven days. On the seventh day, they come and give you a snippet in 30 minutes. The day I realized that, I decided that every sermon I will listen to will be a key. Then the Bible says, Woe to you, Pharisees, for you've hidden the key of knowledge. So what's the whole point of a key? It opens the door now to greater realms. So if you listen to a sermon like this one, take it as a key. And let that, now, with that key, go and unlock greater realms of understanding of the scriptures. If you are only sermon dependent, you'll be limited. You'll be limited. Praise the Lord. So you notice that, oh, the last sermon, like, for example, how many of you have observed that the last, uh, the series I've been doing on grace and faith, I've talked about David a lot. Take that upon you. Go read the entire story of David. The Holy Spirit will give you even greater insight than everything that you've heard. He'll give you even greater insight because the door has already been opened. The key has already been opened. And remember, one of the greatest things the Holy Spirit does is remind. So he'll remind you, remember what your pastor taught, and then he'll go deeper. You'll see as we go on. So I decided that for me, sermons will be a key. That for me, sermons will lead me to a place of greater encounter. But what's the whole point of being given keys for so many cars and then you don't drive them? Praise the Lord. So I want us to look at this. Paul, lecturing his spiritual son, Timothy, said something interesting in 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse 15. And I want us to use the King James. I want you to see what it says. It says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We can see a lot from there. But before that, let's look at it. Let's amplify it. Let's look at it from the amplified. It says, study and be eager to do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trial. A workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Oh, there's so much there. What are some of the things I see there? Firstly, in this scripture, he's not even talking about study so that you look good in front of people. No, he's saying study so that you can present yourself to God as somebody who needs not to be ashamed. The test of life. God observes how you apply the scriptures in the test of life. God is the mighty examiner. In the test of life, he will observe how you apply the scriptures. How did Jesus pass the test in the wilderness? It is written, it is written, it is written. That it is written, he had to read it. Because remember when he came on earth, he was, he was not just fully God, he was fully man. So he had to read where it was written. And they didn't have Bible apps then. <laughs> they didn't have Bible apps. You had to memorize. Where, where you see where it says, Jesus opened the scroll of Isaiah and found where it was written, meaning he knew exactly where it was. I hope somebody is getting my point. And, it was difficult, and there were no chapters, by the way. It was a scroll. <laughs> Is somebody getting me? So notice that if you don't study the scriptures, you'll be ashamed before God. I'm telling you, the test of life will come and you'll find yourself not applying the scriptures. But it, 
it's interesting, if you study the scriptures, you've got no cause to be ashamed, and you'll be able to correctly analyze, you'll be able to accurately divide, and rightly handle, and skillfully teach the word of truth. Remember when the Apostle Paul says, we are not like those who've handled the word of truth deceitfully. We are not of that kind. Make it a point. Now, it says that you'll be able to present yourself to God. There's a point I want to make here. Studying the scriptures is a key element of your relationship with God. Before we even look at preaching, before we even look at sharing with others, before we even look at ministering to others, studying the scriptures is a huge part of your ministering to God. Because it's as much as you can love your child, it's easier to have an intelligent conversation with a child who's come to the knowledge of certain things. There are certain child's all you, children, all you talk about is Gugu Gaga. And you relate from the context of baby shark. Do, 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 do. But it will be difficult. When a child grows, you find the parent can come and say, ha, ah, I had a tough day at work. What happened? Can you imagine they say this, 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 this. Imagine where a parent can even come and say, I've been given this letter to write. What's your opinion? Do you know that's a greater level of intimacy? Because it's a place of friendship. It's a place where you know what they do, you know how they think. A child who's about two just knows that my mother goes to town and comes back. What do they do in town? They go to buy me groceries. <laughs> That's why the moment the parents come, what have you brought for me? In short, in the child's mind, as far as they're concerned, when you're out, you're out to buy them something. And as adorable as that is, it can't last forever. That's adorable for a while. At some point, it loses adorability. <laughs> Try to do that when you're 14, 15, the parent is back. What have you brought for me? Anyway. <laughs> now we're in a room. Have you done ABCD? Have you done this, this, this? Have you noticed that now suddenly the parent is the one asking, oh, have you done ABCD? I hope you're getting my point. It loses adorability at some point. Praise God. So if you've been a baby Christian for too long, it's no longer adorable. You need to grow. Uh, take it from me. I'm, I'm, I speak with the love of God. It's no longer adorable. <laughs> so why should we study the word? Number one, in order for us to pray the word. In order for us to pray the word. I want us to see a scripture. First John chapter 5, verse 14. Maybe before that, let's look at James chapter 4, verse 3. James 4, verse 3, from the New King James. Let's look at it. Uh, give me the King James, actually. You ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lusts. He is simply telling them, you're praying, but you're praying wrongly. Now, let's compare that with 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. The Bible says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know, verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we asked of him. I, I, is somebody seeing the difference? On one hand, others are asking amiss. On another hand, others can even approach with confidence because they are praying God's will. And now when it comes to praying God's will, we know that there's praying in the spirit, and there's also praying the word. Praying the word. Praying what's in the scriptures. Listen, if you do not know God's word, you're going to pray amiss. 
I, I wrote a comment and I laughed when I read it. I'll read it for you. Many people have lifted their hands with tears in their eyes, but due to their ignorance of the word, have sent forth shockwaves in the heavens by babbling forth unbiblical prayers, such as have never been heard of in those rooms. <laughs> Imagine somebody with so much passion lifts their hands and babbles forth an unbiblical prayer. And everybody in heaven says, hey. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. And... <laughs> Is somebody hearing me? Don't be that kind who keeps on shocking the angels. Like, they don't know what to deliver. Like, you know, they, when they come and get the incense, they just notice it's not really burning. <laughs> they don't, where is that one's prayer? <laughs> it's unbiblical. <laughs> so, if you want to know the context of how to pray, how to pray about a situation, study the scriptures. And don't forget that the angels of God, you know the response to God's word? Psalm 103, verse, is it verse 20? Yeah, let's read. Psalm 103, verse 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding to the voice of his word. No matter how much you try to call their names, hey, I, I don't know, people have names nowadays. Hey, Angel Johnson. <laughs> in your refrigerator or in your calendar or something like that. Do this. Oh, that's not what they listen to. The Bible didn't say they respond to a name. You know what they respond to? His word. They do his word. Praise the Lord. The angels do his word. So you, you might just find yourself entering other things if you're trying. You, you know, usually occultic practices start when you try to complicate what's not complicated. When you try to find complicated, mysterious means for something which the scriptures have laid so plain and clear. I hope you're getting my point. For example, look at how those angels worked for Elisha. First, they were present. They were already present. But then for them to function, your eyes had to be opened. So he prayed for this guy's eyes to be opened. Afterwards, he prayed to the Father. And the angels were immediately acting. It's interesting, Let's continue. Number two, the word of God keeps you alive and healthy. The word of God keeps you alive and healthy. Now, when I say keeps you, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Are you thinking about your body or are you thinking about the real you? I'm saying this because look at Matthew chapter number four and verse four. Let's start from verse three. How many of you have seen in the scriptures, we are told of uh, the three cardinal things, the three cardinal temptation, right? The last of the eyes, the last of the flesh, and the pride of life, right? The last of the eyes, the last of the flesh, the pride of life. Now notice when the tempter came to him, he said, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. That's now the last of the flesh. Are you seeing that? Getting somebody to test God because their stomach. Yeah. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus said, oh my goodness. Jesus is saying, wait, which man do you think you're speaking to? Which man do you think you're speaking to? Have you noticed that in this scripture, Jesus was literally identifying himself first as a spirit man, saying, as a spirit man, I'm not going to allow myself to make a spiritual error in order to satisfy the flesh. I think he makes a comment. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 
Now, when you look at the physical body, you'll notice that the biggest pandemic in the world probably is world hunger. I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, statistically, it probably has claimed the most lives in the last, uh, in, I, I don't have the statistics on me, but it has probably claimed numerous lives, maybe even the most, right? In the last five, 10 years, world hunger. Why? Because if people are hungry, what can you talk to them about? If people are hungry, they cannot function properly. And eventually, they cannot function at all. You go to a hungry man and say, let's focus on school, you know, in life, education, this, this, this. That's why even the Bible, the Bible refused. At somebody's hungry, then you send them, no, the Lord be with you. That's, I've noticed that the Bible refused there. That's why it said, no, 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 they are now. You know, that's why it actually says faith without works is dead. Like, no, I'm trusting with you that one day you eat. When you've got enough for them to eat. Praise God. Don't go use that now to take advantage of people. Say, share with those in need. <laughs> Sometimes it's once. So anyways, where was that? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is this. A man will not be able to function properly if he is void of food. Similarly, how would you be able to function properly as a spirit if you are void of your spiritual food? How will you be able to function properly? You can't function as, at optimum level in the spiritual realm. You know, uh, there's a scripture I read today. There's a scripture I read today that uh, it really, really, really got me thinking. It got me thinking. It really got me thinking. Acts chapter 18. I just want you to think about it, okay? I just want you to think about it, that's all. Acts chapter 18 and verse 23. Okay, 24. Just think about it, eh? Now, a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man, and mighty in, in the scriptures came to Ephesus. Uh huh. Next verse. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. Now this line got my attention. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he only knew the baptism of John. If you read the next verse, he was taught the way more accurately. And but my point here is goodness. You know how they say, look at that man, well built. You know, like when people are describing me, for example. Look at that man, well built, uh, great physique. You can tell that this man lifts weights and the like. Now, this man, that's the way they were describing him in spirit. Imagine that, where they are describing you. Praise God for your physical description. But I've got a question for you. How would your spiritual description be? If we're writing your spiritual description, what would we say about you? This man, they say, fervent in spirit. And have you observed that even when Paul talks about the scriptures, he talks about the meat of the word and he talks about the milk of the word. Why is milk necessary? Milk will build you strong bones. I think with strong bones, you can be able to eat meat. You're getting the point. Let's continue. So, don't be one of those Christians who's suffering from word hunger. And I read a, a comment, I think, I think it was by F.F. Bosworth. I think it should have been F.F. Bosworth. If not, then he was quoting somebody. But the comment was that the trouble is that many people feed themselves on three full meals per day and then their spirit one cold snack a week. 
Imagine that. Read your Bible and pray every day. Pray every day. Point number three. Why do we study the scriptures? It will make you grow spiritually. Now you understand, eh? As you grow, grow, grow. Listen, have we ever said, ah, this person is now 19 years old. They are strong now. There is no need for them to eat anymore. Because they are now strong, they've grown. They know how chicken tastes like. They already know how rice tastes like. Are we going to say, let them stop eating? So in the same way, why should you stop studying the scriptures? Because uh, you know, you've grown more now spiritually. Now you know you're, you're respected, you're a deacon, so you know everything. Says who? Says who? That's, you must understand that man shall not live by bread alone. How often does a man need to eat? Every day unless they're fasting. And that's why fasting is a sacrifice. Praise God. How often is a man supposed to eat? Every day. Every day. And so here you are. A human, as a matter of fact, isn't it that if a person grows older, they should even eat more? Isn't it that if a person is, uh, if let's say someone is a sportsman, do you think they're going to survive on one, one, one cupcake? No, 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 no. If they're doing a lot of work, let's say somebody does a lot of physical work, maybe in the garden. I was watching a video of a certain legend in Zambia. We didn't even know if he was real. They call him Mwineshima. That's literally his name. They call him Mwineshima. And the guy said he does a lot of physical work on the farm. So he finishes numerous kgs of shima. And he has outdone all his competitors when it comes to that area, such that they even accuse him of using supernatural powers for, for his competitors not to compete with him. So he was, he was attributing his great appetite to the massive work that he has to do. So if you grow spiritually, I'm, I'm placing a demand. If you grow spiritually, it, you even have to study more. You even have to study more. Praise God. And sometimes the reason why we struggle is because of this desire for new things always. Sometimes go back to the same book you read. Go back to the same scriptures you read. Praise the Lord. So number three, like I said, it makes you grow easily. You know, I, I get a lot of requests of people asking me to pray for them to grow spiritually. There are certain things I can do. For example, I can pray for you the Ephesians 1 prayers, the Ephesians 3 prayers. Remember the Ephesians 1, right? While we're praying for your eyes to be open and the like. Now, now that your eyes are open, <laughs> use them to read. Use them to read. No matter how much we pray, you can't wake up the next day and you've grown spiritually without studying the scriptures, without meditating on the word. God himself tells Joshua, saying, okay, I've given you this. And afterwards instructs him to meditate on the scriptures day and night. So he wasn't going to be able to access properly what God had given him if he wasn't studying the scriptures. Here's what the Bible says about spiritual growth. 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse 2. The Bible says, as newborn babies, 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse 2. As newborn babies, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. What's the key to spiritual growth? What's the key to spiritual growth? The, the word. That's the key to spiritual growth. And remember, what happens if you starve a baby? The baby will have malnutrition. 
Don't be one of those people who's suffering from some spiritual malnutrition. When we, in the flesh, you look fit. When we look at you in the spirit, kwashoka. Why? Because you're being stabbed with the word. Praise God. Not you. Not you. That should not be your story. Somebody say, that's not my story. I hope you've understood that there are certain things that people just can't do for you. I hope you've understood. Listen, I can prepare you meals. And when somebody's at a baby stage, you can feed them. But in the long run, people have to be able to eat on their own. And I think they'll only be able to eat more effectively if they're eating on their own. Praise the Lord. So we can prepare you meals, but you have to learn to eat. And you also have to learn to cook. Because what happens if I'm only available to prepare you a meal once a week? What will you eat for the rest of the days? Learn to study the scriptures. Somebody may be asking, but how, how, how? Join us next week. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands, lift your hands, E. Lift your hands. Praise the Lord. You know, I went down on my knees as I was preparing this. And I began to sing. Holy words, long preserved for our own. In this world, they resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Words of life, words of hope, give us strength, help us cope in this world where we roam. Ancient words will guide us home. Ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words sing. Holy words of our faith. Holy words of our faith handed down handed to this age came to us through sacrifice oh heed the faithful words of Christ holy words long preserved for our walk in this world in they resound with God's own heart. Woo. Oh, let the ancient words Come on, lift your hands. Ancient words, ever true. Changing me and changing We have Changing 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. At this point, we can give our offerings. I would like us to give our offerings. And remember that this is not something we should take lightly. Let's give our offerings. We're scripturally instructed to do so. So I would like us to send them the details are scrolling on the screen. I would like you to send through your offerings. And please, if you've been blessed by this, which I know you have, ensure that you change you 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 send this link to as many people as possible. Praise the Lord. Oh, let the ancient words impart. So you now understand why I said eventually we're going to sing Do the Bible dance, do the do the Bible dance, do the Bible dance, child of oh God. <laughs> Praise God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you are you are you are fervent in spirit. You're growing fervent in spirit. And even as you study the word, your eyes are opened, your heart is enlightened. You are full of light. You are flooded with light. All is well with you in Jesus' name. You are well in your body. You are well in your mind. You are well in your heart in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah! Praise God. been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on plus 2609537560 or plus 2609774646 if you are unable to call us, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on the Facebook page at the City of the Lord Church. Stay 